Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April the 26th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. The supreme law that I am, the Constitution, is our guide. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And we hope you're doing absolutely fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in fact, I have two days to recap. I've got Friday and Saturday because we were so busy on the broadcast, we didn't even have a chance to do the recap. How do you like that? So Friday's broadcast, we had our guest on, Mr. Chris Carlson, discussion of all things liberty. We talked about CNN plans to have its own beauty contest, the winner will be crowned misinformation, misled, misguide, misdirect, and misrepresent the runners-up. All right, there you have it. A little bit of levity for fun. However, it's, you know, sometimes when you think it's levity and fun, ah, sad to say it's truer than you can expect, isn't it? We also talked about Joe Biden pledges. 50% reduction in greenhouse gas pollution by 2030. Whoa. I don't see how you promised that as the president of the United States when you're not even in charge of the legislative body. That's kind of a strange promise to make, is it not? Biden also calls Ukraine's leader, offers the Ukraine unwavering support. And you got to ask this. Why is the Biden administration pushing the Ukraine to attack Russia? Now Joe Biden backing off of that claimant. Why are we even involved in meddling in their foreign affairs? Why are we even involved there, folks? Don't understand it. Don't know. But we need to avoid the foreign entanglements. I'll tell you that right now. Chris brought up and we drilled into in quite detail the false gods we worship, an incredible article written back in the 70s by Spencer W. Kimball. If you want to learn more about that, go to churchofjesuschrist.org. The false gods we worship. Spencer W. Kimball's where you can find it. Great article detailing, uh, you know what? Why do we train a man in the art of war and call him a patriot? Why have we become a warlike people? What are we to fear when the Lord is with us? We have got to turn to Almighty God, folks. And if we don't, we are in serious, serious trouble indeed. That was hour one on Friday. Hour two, we jumped on the broadcast with Dr. Scott Bradley. His whole life's goal in his collegiate series book, DVD series, and more called To Preserve the Nation. It's all available at freedomsrisingsun.com. What does war do to a nation? We talked about that in detail with Dr. Bradley. We talked about the disturbing. They said that April 24th was, quote, National Rape Day. Yeah, TikTok trend explained very serious problems. But again, those, those are the fruits of war. Rape, pillage, plunder, you know the deal, right? War is evil, folks. We have a report as well, 80% of women and girls from Mexico to the U.S. raped along the way. Ben Swan with truthinmedia.com with that, 80%. What a horrible statistic, huh? 
Joe Biden welcoming people to come to the United States. He's really welcoming the open rape of 80% of the men, or men uh, 80% of the women and girls that come to America. What a sad tale to tell. Biden says he's going to cancel 4th of July celebrations if y'all don't get vaccinated. Shame on Joe. They say they're not forcing us to get vaccinated, but there you have it. Is herd immunity possible? They told you for literally over a year, absolutely. That's what we need the vaccines to achieve. Now that everybody's getting vaccinated, they come out with the truth. Is herd immunity possible? Um, Experts now increasingly say no, says USA Today. What a shame. But you know what? We've been covering the scandal, the planned demic for so long now that it's not even shocking to us. Sadly, a year later, we told you about all this. They want power, money, control, manipulation, but they're not interested in the truth. They're going to continue to move the goalposts. Fauci continue to flip-flop. Sad tale to tell. The COVID con game, what is the end game, you might ask? The end game is nothing less than human enslavement and massive depopulation, folks. That's the goal for these people. Willie Nelson Group begs Joe Biden to declare 420 a national holiday. You say, Sam, what the heck's 420? It's a national pot smoking day. What a sad day in America. We jettison George Washington or George Washington's birthday. We jettison, you know, can't celebrate Christmas, but now they want to celebrate pot smoking day, ladies and gentlemen. No wonder the Republic's in trouble, huh? House passes bill for D.C. statehood. Do you want Washington, D.C. to become a state? I certainly, for one, do not. But there you have it. See, they're just trying to, what happens is that if you get D.C. to be another state, what you got is a bunch of, uh, of folks that want socialism and a bunch of people that want literally communism, not realizing that they're backing communism. Okay? That's what's going on. And I'm not here to debate whether the Democrats gain control or the Republicans gain control, or in this case, the Democrats would gain control. But see, I don't care about the partisan politics discussion here. What I'm talking about is fidelity to the supreme law of the land, fidelity to the checks and balances that made America great vertically and horizontally. You know, the three branches of government, the states versus the feds, etc. I'm for the proper role of government. In other words, look where power is delegated by the consent of the governed. That's we the people, I might add. And understand clearly... Look, these separations of power are designed by our founders for a wise purpose. That is to make sure that no person and or group gains too much power. That nobody becomes jury, judge, executioner, etc. That we all take a step back and say, look, this isn't a power play to be in government service. It's to serve your country and then get out and let somebody else take a turn idea. It's not to foster and promote career politicians i know that we've turned it upside down on its head today and the swamp is so deep that it's hard to see straight i get it all but i also understand the intent of the founders which was simply that hey you know what government exists out of necessity that necessity can become very evil if not guarded jealously and we need to be very careful to to really accentuate the checks and balances we really need to be careful there because in the checks and balances becomes our stability or our safety, our protection, if you will. All right, that was Friday's show. Saturday's show equally as compelling. We had a special Liberty Roundtable Live two-hour guest. His name is Cliff Kincaid, and he's uh, you know a very well-known conservative. He's been in the business for a long time, really doing some great investigative reporting and a whole lot more. 
Well, he's done his research now, and he wrote an article called Blood on Their Hands, Vaxxed and Unvaxxed, or Vaxxed Not, if you will. USASurvival.org is his website. And uh, uh, me and Cliff had a real good discussion. First, I let Cliff go off for almost the whole first hour and explaining why he's backing Donald Trump, why he's backing the warp speed vaccines, and why he believes that America is done for if we don't take the vaccine. All right, he calls himself the most censored man in the world. Why? Because the conservative sites that used to love Cliff, because he's so conservative in most things, great article writer, great speaker, does a good job in many, many ways. Uh, but he's been really promoting vaccines and Trump's warp speed plan and saying it's essential. America could be done for if we don't take the vaccines. Don't be stupid here. Take the vaccine. They're safe and effective. They're all good, is his statements. Now, I summarize not to put words in his mouth, but to give you an idea of Saturday's show. Listen to the whole thing, because you should let Cliff speak for himself. I, on the other hand, am not for vaccines. I'm against them. And uh, so we had kind of a debate, a discussion about that. And there's a lot of unique discussion points to be had, that's for sure, in the show. Sam and Cliff discussed the coronavirus, Operation Warp Speed, and accelerated COVID-19 vaccines. Have they isolated COVID-19? Cliff says yes, and he shows a document from the CDC. I say no and point to another document from the CDC. Cliff says, well, my document's dated later than your document. I don't know if it turned into a my dad's bigger than your dad discussion, but it seemed like that a little bit because I'm here to say I'm not even backing for sure the document that says we have not isolated the coronavirus. The jury is still out on if we have or haven't. But what I explained to Cliff, and I think it's relevant right now, that's this. You know what? These two documents don't have the exact same language in them. And we know that those who want to push this narrative have unique word smithing abilities. And so, you know what, both documents may be true. We might have isolated part of the coronavirus discussion or the precursor to the coronavirus. Remember, the SARS stuff used to be tied to the flu. Now they want to use the same SARS virus core name and say that it's coronavirus, but it has nothing to do with the flu. So I told Cliff, and I'll say this again, you know, these two documents may not be conflicting as you think, or one might not precede or succeed the other, whatever, right? Because we might be talking about slightly different strains and different words. If you did isolate the coronavirus, you know what? Is it the Chinese strain? Is it the European strain? Is it the new African strain coming out? And you say, well, Sam, it's all one and the same. No, it's not. How do I know? Because they're even debating if the vaccines will work on the different strains. The bottom line that I explained to Cliff Kincaid, and we agreed on this point, is you just can't trust the government. And that's one of the biggest reasons that I don't believe in this whole thing to the degree that others do. I mean, the debate is some say the vaccine, I'm sorry, the coronavirus is not even real. And they point to that you can't, you haven't isolated it is their point. Well, I'm not here to debate that that document's right and Cliff's is wrong or vice versa. I'm just telling you, you can't trust your government. And I'm telling you, since you can't trust your government, I don't know if they've isolated it or not. But I know this, you can't trust what they say. And if that's not a reason to be skeptical, I don't know what is. We also talked about the CDC lies and claims that vaccines are safe and effective. Cliff made the same claim, but then he had to admit when I said, what about long-term effects? We don't know what the long-term effects are. We all agreed with that, but Cliff backs Trump and believes vaccines are critical and necessary to save lives. How do you know your child loves you? When he calls and he says, uh, Dad, why don't we um, go fishing? It's very simple, but it, it really counts. They make a song up and they come into our bedroom and say, 
We made a song, and will you listen to Our next oldest daughter came to me with tears in her eyes, and she said, Daddy, I just thank you for coming home every night when we were growing up. My son does the nicest things. When he's playing outside, he'll come in and just give me a hug and run right back outside. My daughter goes to the same high school that I'm the registrar at, and I'll go into my office after the bell has rung, and there's a note on my desk. And it'll usually say, Mom, I love you. I'm thinking about you. And I you. think of my boy that uh, we finally got him through graduation. And he came up to me and said, I made it. Thanks. Family. Isn't it about time? That's all he said. And that meant everything to me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas. After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean, quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting, I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions. We're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services. I was shocked. So since this. you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay. Abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They right. are the largest single abortion provider in our country. the alive ladies and gentlemen so clip kate said hey you know what these vaccines are safe and effective trump's forum it's trump's greatest initiative i completely back trump and i'm on board and you got to take these vaccines or else it's going to be curtains for the country i came back and said hey you know what you don't know if these vaccines are safe and effective the uh cdc says right on their website that these vaccines are safe and effective but you don't know the long-term effects of these vaccines, and neither does the CDC, neither does the FDA, who, by the way, got skipped because of the warp speed nature. And so don't tell me that they're safe and effective when you can't tell me that the long-term effects what they really are. You can't have both. So the CDC has lost credibility. Uh, in my opinion, anybody who claims that the vaccines are safe and effective have lost credibility because they have to admit if you pin them down and say, hey, do we know the long-term effects of these vaccines? They will have to tell you no. That's the bottom line. So anyway, we had a great discussion, a great debate. Sam, uh, you know what, isn't really interested in whether uh, the vaccines are safe and effective. Because Sam wants everyone to be able to choose what they want to choose. I want to make sure vaccines are never forced. And that we respect the God-given right to choose for ourselves. I'm not here to attack people that believe the vaccines make sense. And I'm not here to attack people who, for various reasons, don't want to take the vaccines. And I don't even mind if somebody's critical of the other side. You know, I don't understand why you would take the vaccines or I don't understand why you wouldn't take them. The problem is these people get so rabid on both sides that they almost can't listen to the other side. So when I say that the vaccines aren't safe and effective, and when I say it's debatable if, they, if the virus has even been isolated, 
then people like Cliff Kincaid want to just dig in and attack me personally and say things like, hey, you know, if you think that it's a sign of the devil or you think that it's uh, the mark of the beast, then go right ahead if you're into whacked out conspiracy. Well, stop. I never said that. I'm just telling you that it makes sense to me why people have strong feelings on both sides. If you're Cliff, you feel like, man, you got to have the vaccine. Our safety depends on it. But if you're some of the people who don't believe in the vaccines, then you say, you know what? They're not safe and effective. We don't know what the long-term effects are. And you haven't even isolated the virus. And then we debate if you've isolated the virus or not. Well, to make matters worse, then you add in the agency choice that I'm talking about. Will they eventually force us? See, Sam and Cliff both agree that masks and vaccines should never be forced. But here's the problem. Why are both sides of the story being suppressed? All right. Now, I also understand the vaccines for some people, but here's what I don't understand. You know, Dr. Uh, Pierre Corey testified before Congress about the value of using ivermectin, a very well-known drug that's been on the market for a long time. It's very inexpensive. We can use that to treat the coronavirus and not need vaccines. We could literally treat it with ivermectin, and then we could let people get herd immunity uh, naturally over time. Uh, but you know what? That's not an option for these people. They feel like you got to lock down. you got to have masks. you got to. And will they force us to have a vaccine passport? And we're seeing more and more and more evidence that that is the end game. That is the agenda here. Well, Cliff didn't want to respond to that very well. Now, what Cliff would say is to the conservatives who don't believe in the vaccines, you know, hey, don't go to conspiracy land. It's not a big, massive conspiracy. Don't uh, think it's the mark of the beast because there's no evidence of that, really. Um, you know what? These people are really trying to solve a massive, serious, serious problem. People are dying. People are suffering. Um, this is a serious thing. Shame on those who don't believe that it exists. And let's have a real dialogue and discussion about this. And I agree with Cliff on those points. I absolutely do. But I also agree that there's two sides to this story. And I agree that when the government over the years has lost credibility on literally every subject you can think of, it gets really hard to trust the government. For example, they've given vaccines in the past to the point where people have been harmed big time. Big time. People have been sterilized. People have been, okay, now, will these vaccines make you sterile? I don't know. Some are saying that they will. Some are saying they won't. I don't know. But I know this, if it creates blood clots, and if they've had to pull one of the three off the market temporarily, now I I understand that it's going back onto the market, then I get why people would be hesitant to take them. If you're in a minority group, such as a black person, I get that literally they have basically vaccinated people and sterilized women and done all kinds of, wrong, evil things to people in the VAX movement over the years. There's already a vaccine injury compensation fund that's already had to spend $4 billion plus of the taxpayers' money because of vaccines that weren't as safe and effective as they claim. But what happens to, to is this. They say vaccines are safe and effective. And then when I bring up, we don't know the long-term results, and when I bring up the injury compensation fund as my proof that they're not safe and effective, then here's what people say to me. Well, Sam, they're safe and effective for the most part. There's always risks with these vaccines. And therefore, you know, uh, look, so some people have had blood clots. So some people have died. So some people have, it's just a minute number. So it's not a big deal, Sam. When you have a, a greater chance of getting hit by lightning than you do to have a problem from some of these vaccines is what they'll say. And my response is stop, 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 and stop again. 
are we debating the risk-reward analysis, or are we talking about if they're safe and effective? Safe and effective has two components to it. One is the safety thing. And if I can show you that over the last many years, literally $4 billion have been paid out when they're not safe, and when they've had to pull vaccines off the market many times because they're not quite so safe, and when they have to basically create a law and government that protects the vaccine companies from liability when they're not safe, all those things point to they're not as safe as they're letting you believe. Now, you can debate how safe, but if it's your mom or your dad or your child or your spouse or when someone dies because they're not safe, you're not thinking, well, by golly, they're safe for the most part. Don't worry about the times when they're not. It's so minuscule, it doesn't matter. Yeah, minuscule, but my wife is dead. Or minuscule, but my daughter or my son is dead. It's not so minuscule anymore, is it? Okay, now if they were transparent, you know what? It's safe and effective most of the time. That's fine. But to say they're safe isn't really the truth. Just ask the people in the cases where over $4 billion has been spent on when they're not safe or when they weren't as safe as they had thought. Or even when they say, well, you know, we think it's safe, but, you know, we know bad things happen. It's a risk, Sam. It's a risk. Fine. Are you articulating that risk openly and honestly? And not when you say they're safe on government websites. See? Now let's talk about the effectiveness. It all depends on how you define safe, and it all depends on how you find effective. For example, let's take the flu shot as one of the best examples of all. Every year they create the flu shot. Now, what they'll tell you is that it's a moving target, Sam, because there's so many strains of the flu. Well, imagine that being true for coronavirus also. And what we do, Sam, is we get a, 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 a piece of the flu and we attenuate it. What does that mean? We make it softer. We, 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 we decrease its power. And then we put it in the vaccine. And hey, what happens is when you take the vaccine, then your body sees a little bit of that and goes, whoa, and cranks up your immune system to stop it, right? Well, a lot of times they have to guess what strains of the flu need to be in the next year's vaccine. So let's just say that they put five different likely strains in the new vaccine. Great. Now, they may or may not have picked the right ones that spread that year. Well, nevertheless, even when they do and when they don't, the flu vaccine is anywhere from like 19 to 60% effective. Think about that for a minute. That's not very effective. If you run around and call that effective, then what else is effective? I mean, I can flip a coin and say, you know what? When I flip a coin, it's very effective that I win every time. I mean, it's 50% of the time on the average, right? Well, a little less because the weight of the coin is a little different on each side there. And I don't worry about the little small stuff. See, the problem is, what does safe and effective mean? When they say it's 94% effective, effective at what? Preventing you from getting the COVID Uh, what if the fact is you get the COVID because of the vaccine, you just get such a mild case that you develop an immune system or it develops, you know, it, it brings out your immunities. Does that mean you did or didn't get the COVID? You got it. Just not very bad. It was manageable. It was less bad than it might've been had you 
well, wait a minute, 98% of the people get it, and it's not that bad anyway. Yeah, so that we're risk-reward, safe, effective. What do those words mean? And that's where the government's dishonesty makes the trust go out the window. Because what does safe and effective really mean? 94% effective at what? Making sure that you're completely immune? Let's talk about that because I think it's critical to understand. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Biden administration has pledged to send vital resources and supplies to India as the country set a new global daily COVID-19 cases record for a fifth straight day Monday. Hospitals in India continue to be overwhelmed with coronavirus patients amid a widespread oxygen shortage. Democrat Louisiana State Senator Troy Carter has defeated a challenger in a special election to win the U.S. House of Representatives seat vacated by White House advisor Cedric Richmond. Carter won 55% of the vote on Saturday. At the Oscars on ABC last night, Nomadland won Best Picture, as did its best director, Chloe Zhao. I have always found goodness in the people I met everywhere I went in the world. So this is for anyone who has the faith and the courage to hold on to the goodness in themselves. Chloe becomes the first woman of color to win Best Director. USA Radio News. America's great cities are in deep trouble. Businesses are closing, taxpayers fleeing, and police are defunded as crime and homelessness rise. It's a dangerous time in big cities like New York, L.A., Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco, and more. All this week, Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax TV, exposing the real truth in his series, Cities on Fire. Every night, Rob Schmidt gives you the real news you won't hear anywhere else. So watch Rob Schmidt tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern and see his Cities on Fire special. Newsmax TV is on all major cable systems. If you don't get it, call your cable system. Tell them you want Newsmax or you can switch. Plus, get Newsmax free on most smart TVs like Samsung, Sony, and LG. Or tune in on Roku, Pluto, Zumo, and YouTube Live. And millions have already downloaded the free Newsmax TV app on their smartphones. So start watching America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Because Newsmax is real news for real people. Sunday night at the Oscars, as many were grandstanding on political issues, Tyler Perry, the director who won the humanitarian honor at the Academy Awards, spoke of unity and the lesson he learned from his mother. Would teach our kids, and not only to remember, just refuse hate. Don't hate anybody. I, I, I refuse to hate someone because they are Mexican or because they are black or white or LBGTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. I would hope that we would refuse hate. Mr. Perry went from being homeless to become a solid filmmaker. Senator Lindsey Graham, the Republican from South Carolina on Sunday, pushed back against President Biden's remarks, calling Americans systemic racists. Not in my opinion, the senator said. Mr. Graham goes on to say, we just elected a two-term African-American president. The vice president is of African-American Indian descent. So our systems are not racist. America is not a racist country. End quote. USA Radio News.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. So they tell you that these vaccines, the CocoVax, safe and effective, the flu vaccine, safe and effective, the, and they go on and on. They literally have dozens of vaccines that they claim safe and effective. The COVID-19 announces 90% effective, 94%, 96%. What does that mean? What does that really mean when they say it's safe and effective? Right? They say that their vaccines are like 90 plus percent effective. Does it mean that 90% of those given the vaccines develop a quote resistance to the virus for at least some period of time? Now they say by comparison, this is a literal mainstream article PBS NewsHour okay this is where I'm getting this from okay they say listen so you develop resistance to the virus for a time period by comparison most annual flu shots are between 40 to 60 percent effective at establishing resistance now 40 to 60 percent I don't mean to be rude but flipping a coin is 40 percent 40 to 60% effective if you're for heads. It's also 40 to 60% effective if you're for tails. Uh, That doesn't sound very effective in either side of that coin, does it? Now, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, which tests medicines for safety and effectiveness, has not approved the Pfizer or other vaccines yet. All right. Now, they say all would need to be approved by the FDA before being distributed to the public. But what happened is Trump circumvented all that and said, I'm not going to get the approval. So when I debated Cliff Kincaid on one hand, he said they were approved. And then I just proved to him that the FDA didn't approve. And then he said, well, it's approved for experimental use. So now let me get this right. Most vaccines are the flu vaccine, 40 to 60 percent effective. We're going to go ahead and skip that for emergency purposes, and we're going to say they're safe and effective, but it's experimental, so we don't even know if it's 40 to 60% effective at this point. Well, no, Sam, they've done the test, and it's 90% effective. So let me get this straight. Let me just make sure that I understand this, because I'm not very intelligent, okay? I'm like the least sharp knife in the drawer, pardon the pun, right? But here's the deal. So you've got the flu shot that's been out for years. It's only 40 to 60% effective. And then they're going to tell me that they, on a warp speed, bring it to market in less than a year, have got 90% plus effective on a, listen carefully to me, on a vaccine that rushed to market so fast the FDA couldn't even do their normal job of confirming safety and effectiveness. And then we're going to say they got 90% with the COVID. They can only get 40 to 60 with the flu. See, how does that make any sense to you? They do the flu shot every year. This is their first stab at the cocoa shot, right? But they've already got the cocoa shot, the 90%, even though it's experimental, even though we've circumvented most of the protections and safety and effectiveness tests that we do because we've rushed it to the market for sa- and we're going to tell you it's safe and effective and it's 90%, but we don't know what the long-term results are. How does that work? What does safe and effective mean? Right? I don't know how to respond to this because what does effectiveness 
mean? Are vaccines effective? They say, yes, they are. CDC.gov, okay? That's the headline on the CDC thing. Are vaccines effective? Yes, they are, they claim. You comfortable with this so far? Because I'm not. Not even close, right? Now, they say, are these vaccines safe? Effectiveness. Now, listen, they say COVID-19 vaccines work. Then they say how the CDC measures the effectiveness. Why it measures the effectiveness. Right? They want you to believe it's all effective and safe. But how does that all go down? You comfortable? I'm not. How do they measure the effectiveness? Do you even know? No, Sam, we're just going to trust the mainstream press that lies to you on every other topic on the planet. Uh, there, we're going to trust them to tell you it's faith, uh, you know, safe and effective. So they got a headline on the, on the CDC Gov website that says, Evaluating COVID-19 Vaccine Effectiveness in the Real World. Experts are working on many different types of assessments to learn how COVID-19 vaccines work in the real world world and in real world conditions each assessment uses a different method see below they have case controlled studies these assessments include case patients those are people that have had you know COVID-19 and controls people who do not have the virus all right then they compare these controlled cases very limited study now they say that's the real world i don't find their controlled limited studies the real world do you ladies and gentlemen the next one's called test negative design this is a special type of case control study these assessments enroll people who are seeking medical care for symptoms that could be due to covid 19 they then compare those symptoms and the vaccination status of those who test positive to those who test negative. I mean, they, they don't. Yeah. The next one they call is cohort studies. These assessments follow people who haven't had a COVID-19 vaccine for several months. And their goal there is to see if getting vaccinated prevents them from getting the disease. This can be done in real time, prospectively, or in looking back in time retrospectively based on information they've already collected. Screening method. These assessments look at vaccination coverage among a group of people with COVID-19. So they have ongoing COVID-19 monitoring, for instance, and compare it with vaccine vaccine coverage among the overall population. Yeah, so they compare two groups from, like, the same state or somewhere. They can get an early estimate of whether a vaccine is working or not. Wait a minute. You just told me it was safe and effective. Now you're doing effectiveness by what they call an early estimate. So wait a minute now. You're doing controlled studies. You're getting early estimates and guesstimation work, and you're calling that your, what do they call this thing? How the CDC measures effectiveness. 
So effectiveness is now a bunch of controlled studies where the outcome might be early estimates. They also do what are called ecologic analyses. Ecologic analyses. These assessments look at people in groups that have different geographical locations. And or they look over a different time period. And they find out how many people were vaccinated and how many people were diagnosed with COVID-19. These analyses may be hard to interpret because the number of COVID-19 illnesses have changed rapidly over time and in different places. So the CDC is using several of the above mentioned methods because they all contribute different information on how a vaccine is working. So now they have cross-agency collaboration. The CDC coordinates with other federal agencies to assess how the COVID-19 vaccines are doing in the real-world conditions. Listen, after FDA approval and or authorization for emergency use, these agencies include Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, Department of Defense, Food and Drug Administration, Indian Health Service, Veterans Health Administration, and these agencies work together. The CDC, the FDA, and the VA groups are assessing how each group is using your medical records to see if people who receive the COVID-19 vaccines are protected against getting or developing COVID-19. Now, folks, I don't mean to be rude, but does that sound very scientific to you? Does that sound like they know? Okay. Think about that statement for a minute. This is the CDC website, people. Does that sound very scientific to you? Is that where you believe that a statement called we know they're safe and effective makes sense? They do a bunch of controlled studies. I appreciate that, but I don't find that where you can make a definitive final statement. Not even close. Wow. Game plan at the highest levels. I'll tell you that right now. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, 
Many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. And I find this fascinating, ladies and gentlemen. I went from the CDC website. I highlighted for you what they had to say, right? Hey, vaccines are effective. But then they evaluate the effectiveness in the real world, and they have nothing but a bunch of controlled studies. And uh, they know that neither of their studies are that effective, so they got like five or six approaches. And through all those five or six approaches, then they say that, hey, we're confident that we got the answers here. But I'm not so confident, so I went to the Mayo Clinic. Is that a reputable news source? Listen to what they say. What are the benefits of getting a COVID-19 vaccine? Listen carefully because it's under the page. Get the fact about the COVID-19. Okay? COVID-19, get the facts. Wow. Get the facts about the COVID-19 vaccine. Very interesting headline, right? But then they say, what are the benefits? They say the COVID-19 vaccine might prevent you from getting COVID-19 or becoming seriously ill or dying due to COVID-19. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. You're telling me that a fact from the Mayo Clinic about COVID-19 vaccines is that it might? I don't know what on the level of safe and effective you would put the might word, but it does not build my scientific confidence now. Yeah, it might prevent you from spreading the virus to others. It might. It might add to the number of people in the community that are protected from getting COVID-19, making it harder to spread the disease, contributing to herd immunity. It might do that. It might prevent the coronavirus from spreading and replicating, which allows it to mutate and possibly become more resistant to vaccines. This is might after they tell me they're giving me the facts. <laughs> what do you think about all that, folks? Does that make you comfortable? Now, they then say that COVID-19 vaccines are in clinical trials, and the FDA will review the results of these trials before bringing them out to use because there's an urgent need. The FDA will first give emergency use authorization. So they haven't even gone through all the normal procedures. They say the data must show that the vaccines are safe and effective before the FDA can give emergency use authorization. Have they shown that to your satisfaction yet, folks? See, not me. All right. Now, listen. 
All right. They say FDA and the CDC recommended a pause in distributing the Johnson & Johnson one because of blood clots. Now they put it back on the market saying, hey, the, the risks outweigh, I'm sorry, the rewards outweigh the risks. You comfortable with that? Now, listen carefully to me what I'm about to say, because this relates to my discussion with Cliff Kincaid. Cliff Kincaid said the virus was isolated and is in the vaccine. Not true. Both the Pfizer, BioNTech, and the Moderna vaccines use what's called messenger RNA. mRNA viruses, I'm sorry, MNA are, let me start over. MRNA coronaviruses have a spike like structure on their surface called an S protein. COVID 19 mRNA vaccines give cells instructions for how to make a harmless piece of an S protein after vaccination then your cells begin making the protein pieces and display them on cell surfaces your immune system will recognize that the protein doesn't belong there and it'll begin to build an immune response in making antibodies now let me explain that very carefully so what they're telling you is they've got a spike in protein they found a pattern when corona is present they say that this you know proteins there and it shouldn't be and we can use that to make a version of the protein ourselves and trick your body into developing a response but an s protein and i didn't have time to go into this with with cliff on the radio but this s protein that we're talking about ladies and gentlemen it's created in a lab it's not the virus isolated attenuated and used in the vaccines at all that isn't true now if you want to go to the johnson and johnson discussion listen carefully covid 19 vaccine is a vector vaccine in this type of vaccine genetic material from the covid 19 virus is inserted into a different kind of weakened live virus such as an adenovirus and when the weakened vector gets into your cells it creates genetic material that gives your cells the ability to make a copy of the s protein all right viral vector vaccines cannot cause you to become infected with the COVID-19 virus or the vector viral virus. Also, the genetic material that's delivered doesn't become part of your DNA. Now, again, we're going to wordsmith words here now. It goes on. But I don't really see that the virus is used. In one case, they didn't say the virus is used at all. But in the Johnson & Johnson... COVID-19 is a vector vaccine. A genetic material from the COVID-19 virus is inserted. But genetic material from the virus inserted is not the virus 
itself. Otherwise, they would just say it's the virus, but they, they have genetic material. What does genetic material from a virus mean? See, they're manipulating this stuff, right? I don't understand how to even respond to this because you can't talk about these details intelligently to people because it's so nuanced and so complicated, right? We're going we're gonna to debate when you say, well, Sam, a little, you know, part of the... Um, Part of the uh, virus is there. What's the words? Okay, listen carefully. Genetic material from the COVID-19 virus is inserted into another virus and vectored. In the other case, they say, hey, it uses messenger RNA. Coronaviruses have a spike-like structure on their surface called an S protein. In every case, we're not using the virus that's isolated. We're using genetic pieces of it, best of the virus, to create a protein so that your body gets tricked into fighting it. But see, I've been told by the experts that, no, Sam, we've isolated the virus and the virus is in the vaccine. It is not. And to say it is is a lie. You might not mean to lie, but you're not telling the truth. Right? They say, do the current vaccines... Now listen carefully to the next question. Because this is the whole point that I made in the discussion. Do the COVID-19 vaccines protect against the COVID-19 variants? Now listen carefully to me. Listen carefully to what I'm saying to you. The COVID-19 vaccines were developed based on the, quote, S protein before it contained the different mutations identified in the variants. Now, how can that be if the virus is isolated and included in the vaccine? Answer, it's not the virus included in the vaccine, and you're being lied to when you're told that it is. Let me say it again. COVID-19 vaccines were developed based on the, quote, S protein before it contained the mutations identified in the variants. While research suggests that COVID-19 vaccines have lower efficacy against the variants, the vaccines still appear to provide protection against severe COVID-19, but more research is needed, they say. In addition, vaccine manufacturers are also creating booster shots to increase protection against the variants. Now, let me understand something. I thought we said that it was like 90 plus percent effective. Why do we need booster shots to increase the effectiveness? Well, Sam, because the different variants, it may not be as effective against those different variants. Wait a minute. You got the cloned virus, the isolated virus in your vaccine. What are you talking about? Well... Um, we got the S protein before the variant, I mean, before the mutations came out. They say, can a COVID vaccine give you COVID-19? No, of course not. Listen, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. You ready? No, they say. The COVID-19 vaccines currently being development or being developed in the United States do not use 
the live virus that caused COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. Now listen to their statement that gets them out of all liability. You ready? They say, keep in mind that it'll take a few weeks for your body to build an immune response to this virus. So it's possible that you could get infected from the coronavirus that causes COVID-19 just before or after being vaccinated. So understand that if you get it, it isn't because of the vaccine. We're positive. Listen carefully to me. You couldn't have got the COVID from the vaccine. We're positive. But you might get it right after you take the vaccine because, well, there's a couple of weeks before your body develops a response. How are you so positive? Answer? Well, because the virus is not in the vaccine. So we can't give it to you if it's not in the vaccine, right? So see, their words betray them, ladies and gentlemen. Their dishonest claims, when you pick the claim apart, you find them speaking outside of or speaking out of both sides of their mouth on the topic. Right? Think about what I'm saying. Then here's the next section. What are the long-term side effects of the vaccines? Listen carefully. What are the long-term side effects of the COCO-19 vaccine? Ready? Because COVID-19 vaccines, in clinical trials, they've only started recently, Well, we don't know, but we know that vaccines rarely cause long-term side effects. Yeah. So we don't really know. And this is the CDC website that I've been quoting from. Do you understand how in the debate, how I said different articles on the CDC website have conflicting information? And therefore, you can't definitively pull up an article and say you're right and this is the facts? Because other articles on the CDC website absolutely contradict the statements being made. I just thought I'd put that reality check on the table for discussion, huh? God save us and God save the Republic. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio, hard-hitting news that was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for April the 26th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio. Hard-hitting talk, always at your fingertips. Last hour, I talked about vaccines. On Saturday, I debated with Cliff Kincaid's for the coronavirus vaccines. And uh, he uh, believes Trump's Operation Warp Speed is just incredible. And we have got to save the world by having these vaccines. Now, Cliff Kincaid is traditionally anti-vax, but in this case, he's as pro-vax as you can get. I debated him on the topic, two-hour debate on Saturday. 
However, then I went in today and broke down some facts because I think there was some manipulated statements uh, being made unintentionally uh, by many, including Cliff echoing those statements in the news. COVID-19 vaccine announced 90 plus percent effective. But what does that mean when they say it's effective? Okay, then the CDC has an article evaluating COVID-19 vaccine effectiveness in the real world, cdc.gov. And when you read that, they make you believe that it's scientific, but when you dig it, it's not scientific at all. They do all kinds of controlled, limited studies. Then they come back and tell you it's safe and effective, but they have like five or six kinds of studies they do. And at the end, they say, we've got to put all these studies together to try to develop a fuller picture. So they admit that each case study in and of itself isn't really that valuable, but the weight of the case studies that they do makes it safe and effective. Well, I'm proving to you that that's not science. I mean, I appreciate those studies, but what? Safe and effectiveness. So let me get this right. You develop the flu shot every year, and you've done so for decades. And you're only 40 to 60% effective on the flu vaccine, but yet on your first try on the COVID, instantly you become incredibly safe and effective over 90%. Are you buying that lie, folks? We can't get it right with the flu year after year after year, but by golly, our first stab at this one in record warp speed time, Without the FDA approval, by golly, we got it this time. Are you buying that? Then they say at the Mayo Clinic, get the facts about COVID-19. What does the facts mean? And then they go in and they tell me a bunch of stuff that is not fact at all. Right? It's not even uh, provable or facts at all. They just go into all kinds of speculation. For example, they say do the COVID-19 vaccines protect against the COVID-19 variants on that website. And they have to admit, well, no, not really. They don't. How do I know that? Well, because it depends on how you protect. It depends on what you mean by effective. So if I say to you that we will reduce the likelihood that you get the coronavirus for a period of time, how much do we reduce for how long of a period of time? Well, we're not really sure. It all depends. You might get the COVID even after you take the vaccine, but understand it's not the vaccine that gave it to you. They know that. How do they know that? Because they have not isolated the coronavirus and it's not in the vaccine. Well, then they say, but pieces of it are. What is pieces of it are? Well, they really, when you dig into it, they say the S protein is. A spike protein called S protein, that is the key. But that's not the virus. Then they say bits and pieces of the virus are vectored into another virus via the Johnson & Johnson given to you. But that isn't. The virus. Then they literally go into the mutation discussion. And they literally tell you that, hey, the vaccines came out with this S protein before the mutations came out. And therefore, they don't know how well it works against the different mutations. So now when we say the vaccine's safe and effective, I would say this. Safe and effective for what? How safe? How effective? Well, 90%, Sam Piacoli. What do you mean? For how long? How do you know? Well, we did a bunch of studies that, well, the studies, the isolated controlled studies are what convinced us that it's safe and effective. What are the long-term side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines? And here's what they say. Well, we don't really know, but other vaccines don't have a lot of side effects long-term. How are you going to say they're safe and effective, but then say you don't know what the long-term effects are, but you're pretty confident? Is that science? How are you going to say they're safe and effective 90%? But when I drill into what safe and effective means... 
well, you don't really know. Uh, you're not sure. Um, well, and then we go into this discussion about is the virus in the vaccines? Well, by golly, yes, it is. Have we isolated? Absolutely. This website for the FCC conf- or CDC confirms it. But then you look at other places in the CDC and, well, if the S protein is in it, but that S protein came out before the variants, before the mutations, then how is it in there? Well, it isn't, Sam. That's how we know that you can't get the, you know, sickness from the vaccine. But wait a minute, you just told me that it was in it. Okay, folks, I'm being led around by the nose. Scientific buffoonery. Welcome to the broadcast, Dr. Scott Bradley. That's the summary of Saturday's show and my first hour. Let's start there, sir. Welcome to the broadcast. Well, thank you very much, but you've thoroughly got me confused, and I think that's the whole purpose of everything that has been uh, thrown around by all of those that are absolutely determined that we're all going to get the jab. I mean, it's a bunch of platitudes. It's a bunch of supposition. There is nothing except for uh, a lot of, well, if this, this may be too, and there's nothing that you can take to the bank. Here's the deal. They developed them at warp speed. They even named it that. And then what they did is they tested it for maybe a few weeks, but they never really were able to understand a lot of things. I mean, I guess that's why they're killing so many people and having people that are having seizures and neurological problems and all sorts of uh, heart and stroke and everything else like that. We don't know. We don't know. There have been no really even short-term studies done. A few weeks, maybe at most, but and the, the problem is we don't know beyond those few weeks. We don't know the months and the years what the long-term effect will be. You can't draw these conclusions from such weak arguments that have been so untested in such a narrow focus and without a, a true uh, independent verification through, you know, double-blind placebo tests and everything like that. They just simply have not performed those things. And for them to claim that this is a vaccine is a falsehood in itself. This does not qualify on the traditional definition of vaccines. It does not prevent infection. It does not prevent spread. It does not in any way. In fact, most of the stuff that's happening, they may be able to say, well, if you do get something, if you do, it may not. Now, this is a whole bunch of qualifiers. It may not be as severe. All of these things simply, it, people hear what they want to hear. You know, when I was doing my undergraduate work, <clears throat> I, uh, I took a course. I don't remember the exact name of the course, but it was something like political language or something like that. And we reviewed uh, uh, the, this political speech of modern America. And of course, it's been going on for a long time, but basically it's amazing. It's almost scientific. There's kind of a nuance to it that some are better than others. But but to be able to say nothing while allowing it to be kind of understood by those that are wanting to hear what they want to hear. It's like, I think one of the most magnificent examples of that is, is Barack Obama's uh, program change you can believe in really <laughs> i love it i'm gonna oh, he's gonna change and i can believe in that and i know it's just exactly the kind of change i want and everybody and their dog hears that well i guarantee his change and my change are two different worlds so it's universes apart but that's what people hear 
is change you can believe in. It personalizes it. And that's what's happening with this information. People don't seem to understand this is an experimental drug. You're part of the largest experiment on humanity that has ever occurred. It's not even going to be done for a couple more years. It violates the Nuremberg protocols about medical experimentation, which says you cannot be part of an experiment unless you give informed consent, and you can withdraw from that at any time. You can't withdraw once you've been jabbed. It's in you, folks. It doesn't come out. And, and the fact of the matter is that, that it's an emergency use authorization. That is not FDA approval. They talk as though it's FDA approved. No, they put this out saying based upon the urgency of this, we're going to try that. But it does but not. But let me ask you a question, any... doctor. We know the flu vaccine is 40 to 60 percent effective. At least that's well, what the just a sec- Let me stop FCC that right says. there. Let me stop yeah. that the right there. Basically, what happens is with the with the flu vaccines, they they put together a cocktail. From they they yes, go in sir. and say, well, let's try some of this, let's try some of that, let's oh oh yeah, this might be where it is. They're shooting in the dark, making a projection. The probably the primary um, ingredient, if you will, is the previous year's concoction or the the what they seem to or they think they've isolated in the type of flu they had. And then they put it together, shake it up, put it in injection, and they shoot it into you. Last year, the best statistics I've been able to find on on the uh, flu shot, it's about 12 to 13% effective because there is a modification of the flu virus every year. That's just the nature of the beast. And so if you've got a 12 to 13%, uh, you know, really, wow, we hit it on that one, baby. Here's the deal. I personally believe that there are those of us that that don't go out and get the jab every year, that we have been working on the immune system that God gave us. It's a system. It's part of everything from the universe down through the solar system, down through the the earth and its renewal, uh, biodiversity and everything, that God gave us a system that works within what he designed. We'll come back to that maybe, but I think we have a higher immunity than what they get. Yeah, so they they uh, say the flu vaccine is 40 to 60% effective. That's what the CDC says. That's horrible numbers. Now, they say that first try in experimental mode, they came out with something that's 90 plus percent effective. Do you buy that? Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. 
That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. So what counts as a case of COVID, by the way? That's an interesting debate. States and governments have been debating that forever. If you breathe wrong, they said you had the COVID in the early days. But I don't know if you know this, but listen to this. Both Pfizer and Moderna define a case. So now the drug companies that are giving you the vaccines are defining what constitutes a case. And the litmus test, if you will, or the documentation of what causes a case of the coronavirus is much less than the government. Listen to this. It's defined as having at least one symptom, however mild, and a positive COVID-19 test. Now, I'm sure all the numbers where all the death rates are, if you had a positive test, or if you think somebody died from the COVID, it counts as a death. But the Pfizer and Moderna people aren't using that test. They're using a different idea. you got to have a symptom, and you got to have a po- positive COVID test. Now, listen, it gets more murky. Johnson & Johnson defined a case differently. They said it's having a positive COVID-19 test and or one moderate symptom, such as shortness of breath, abnormal oxygen levels, or abnormal respiratory rate, or at least two milder symptoms, such as fever, cough, fatigue, headache, or nausea. Somebody with a moderate case of COVID-19 by this definition could either be mildly affected or incapacitated and feel pretty sick for a few weeks. So it's tricky to even compare effectiveness or efficacy between the Johnson & Johnson and the Pfizer and Moderna flavors. Why? Listen, because the clinical trials have been done in different geographical areas with different populations and a slightly different time points in the pandemic when the different variants of the COVID-19 were circulating. So listen carefully to me now. There were some people who had the B117. That's the Bravo 177 UK variant or other types of variants during the time of the testing. Now, they say none of the three trials looked for asymptomatic COVID-19s. All numbers, listen carefully to me, all numbers are protection from having symptoms, not protection from being infected and or infecting others. Yeah. Think about that, folks. Think about that. When you dig into this, doctor, 
as you mentioned, everything they say is a flat-out contradictory lie. Well, it's all based upon supposition and spin, and it's uh, it's that political language thing we were talking about. And let's talk about the PCR test for just a moment. The guy that invented the PCR test absolutely unequivocally has stated that it is not for diagnosis. It is for experimentation. And the problem is, is that you, the amplification programs you go through, how many times do you magnify whatever you've, you've sampled? And if you get anywhere above 25 amplifications, it's very questionable. The CDC's information actually states that. Fauci has stated that. Now, of course, nobody ever goes back and looks at it. And so what are they doing out there? They're amplifying it 40, 45 times. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. No, no, you caught you caught some fragment of something that my great-grandpa had before he died, you know, and it's like it's still in the system somewhere, and so they caught it, they amplified, 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 40, 45 times, and they say, oh, by golly, there's something there. It's not for diagnosis. It was for experimentation of things that they were sampling. That is what the inventor of that said. And so, and by the way, let's just go another step further. Let's talk about if you had a positive test or if you had symptoms and they were counting and they're they're pushing forward to even make it they exacerbate the problem worse is they're counting things that look like you know i i coughed i sneezed oh by the way i died of a heart attack no 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 no. you had a symptom so it gets put on the thing covid related death and and if you if you had that situation that you've been in a motorcycle accident, you were in the hospital, you're struggling, they tested you for COVID. Oh by golly, he tested positive. But you ended up dying from the motorcycle. Well, it was a COVID related death. Everything that was anywhere could be construed to possibly be related to it is counted in the death count. Nowadays Now hold on. Now and, and it, hold on. It, but when you do the vaccines though, they raise the bar significantly so then they can show these people are don't have it. Well, that's where I'm going with this, is that every single case I've looked at, and I'm, I'm not saying it's universal, I do my manually, I do not have all of the statistical analysis tools, so just, you know, understand that. I'm just one, you know, some interested bystander out here. But virtually everything that happens now is, well, it's just a coincidence that they died two days after they had the vaccine, or or three weeks later they had a miscarriage, or what, whatever. Oh, no, 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 that, no, you can't prove that that's, that that's COVID vaccine related. See, what's happened is the COVID vaccine has given you a huge case of circumstantial evidence or of, of happenstance or of coincidence. See, everything now is, is questioned about its relation to it. Everything before was automatically attributed to it. And so we have these huge death counts. And, and the best statistics I found is that about 6% of the deaths that were out there were, uh, were attributed solely to, to COVID. Okay, now if you look at the U.S., that's a little over 30,000 deaths in a, in a year. That's far less than many of the years that we have with the, with the traditional seasonal flu. But they make this, they make this strained effort to to correlate everything together, owing it awful, we're all going to die. Oh, we got a fear, we got a fear. Get this vaccine out, and then they don't even talk about the other modalities that can treat, that can actually treat what you've got. You know, they say, oh no, 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 uh, ivermectin. That's that's an off-label use for that. Oh no, 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 hydroxychloroquine. No, that's off-label. Well, I got news for you, folks. 
The jab is off-label for this reason. It has not been approved for these things other than an emergency use authorization. So what they won't let you use, proven technologies that many cases, I mean, many uh, 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 tests and, and uh, examinations on research have been done that indicate it, it is efficacious in treatment of, of the COVID. But they're saying, no, 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 that's not a, an all-label use. So, you know, we can't allow that to be considered in there. So we've got to develop a vaccine. Well, so they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. The vaccine has off-label because it has not been approved by the, uh, the FDA. Uh, it's, it's just a complete, they're spinning your mind all the time, and they're hoping you'll come up with this tossed salad that you like or, or, or that, you'll, that you'll buy into, the, you know, taking the jab. But not a one of them, if you pull the string to the very end of the analysis, can really be verified. That's where we're being, we're being lied to. That, I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. It's a lie. And, and, and millions upon millions, well, about 200 million people I heard the other day so far in the U.S. had got at least their first jab. And, and it's like, holy cow, and we don't even know what's going to happen six weeks, six months from now, let alone six years from now with this. And then they're talking like, oh, man, this stuff's going to uh, mutate. Yeah, that's what happens with viruses. This stuff's going to mutate. So here's mutate. the question. If it mutates, are we going to get to where we're 40 to 60% effective on the whole, they claim, but yet the latest year because the mutations are happening so fast and they guess wrong that we'll be forcing everybody to take the um, you know, COVID vaccines over and over annually to keep up sure. your immune systems because they weren't quite as effective or quite as safe or long-lasting as they thought, and then it becomes 13% effective like the flu, and then we're it's doing these experimental vaccines with tamper with RNA and everything else. We are absolutely psychotic in our quest to play God. But it's a money train for the big pharma. And that's another thing, and I just got to say this. I, uh, I mean, it, your program wouldn't be complete without this, Sam. You know, we worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We, uh, the Jesus Christ is truly the God of this land, and, and we must serve him. That's Okay, that's a baseline principle that I'm, I'm going to stand with. But we have turned our worship to physicians and researchers and politicians and big pharma. We have turned, we worship science. Now, oh, by the way, should we have expected that? Absolutely. We've been so many years in the humanist religion that's taught universally across America, this, this secular humanism, which humanists themselves call it religious humanism. It's a faith-based uh, belief system that has no divine God. And we've been teaching it in school. Oh, it's, what, what is their God? It's the learning and wisdom of man. And that's about as stable as jello, maybe water. You can't nail it to a tree. And here's the deal. That's Hang tight, the deal in seconds. Dr. Scott Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. We're breaking this down. You can come to your own conclusions uh, to what you think, but I'm telling you right now, this is disaster, folks. All right, Sam and Scott, Dr. Bradley with us on your radio. FreedomsRisingSun.com in seconds. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Police reform will be front and center this week in Washington. Republican Senator from South Carolina Lindsey Graham says police reform was blocked by Democrats under President Trump. We'd have police reform in the last Congress, but Chuck Schumer and Kamala Harris made a conscious effort to block bringing up Tim Scott's reform bill. They filibuster Tim Scott's bill because they didn't want Tim Scott and President Trump to get credit for it. There's no reason we shouldn't have done it last time. We'll try again. A new poll reveals three times as many Americans say security at the U.S.-Mexico border is worse under President Biden than it was under President Trump. The administration continues to blame President Trump for the crisis at the border. Part of the problem is that under the previous administration, they pulled out, essentially, a lot of what had been the continuum of work. And it, it, it essentially came to a standstill. Kamala Harris on CNN. This is USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Alaroot for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold $5 billion worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold saw gains of 25%. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, open borders, free health care for illegals. Bailout broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Checkin, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Alaroot Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007. Or visit AssetStrategies.com. Customs and Border Protection officers seized more than $4 million worth of methamphetamine at the Far Reynosa International Bridge on April 17th. CBP officers examined a tractor-trailer hauling fresh cucumber pickles into Texas and found it was hiding 114 packages of alleged methamphetamine weighing 217 pounds. Iraq's Prime Minister Mustafa announced Sunday an urgent investigation into a fire at a hospital in southeastern Baghdad that killed at least 82 people and wounded 110 others on Saturday. The hospital provides care for severe COVID-19 patients. The United States has taken a hands-off approach to regulating self-driving cars, hoping to help the market thrive, but is that the best policy by the feds? The U.S. Auto Safety Agency is investigating 28 crashes of Tesla vehicles, and with no clear rules or accountability, these incidents risk undermining public confidence in a technology that's supposed to help the U.S. keep its global competitive edge. USA Radio News. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. We're talking about vaccinations. And the problem with this discussion, I think Dr. Bradley's absolutely right. They've made this basically the religion of trusting in the arm of flesh or the medical establishment. Uh, And they're literally suspending all liberty all agency on the altar of this vaccination program of this quote, quote coronavirus. Now, some say the coronavirus doesn't even exist. You can't isolate it. We don't have it. We don't know that it exists. Others say definitively it does. The problem is the divide in America is so great now that I don't know that we can ever recover. So back in the day, race was the division. 
Uh, male and female was the division. Liberal, conservative, Republican, red, blue, Democrat What was the division. Now they've literally found the ultimate divide line. So you've got guys who are normally not even vaccination guys. Cliff Kincaid doubling down saying, look, Trump's warp speed vaccine, we got to have it. The whole society depends on it. Without it, we're going to die. On the other side of the coin, you've got experts like this. Microbiologist, doctor, and I'm trying to say his name here, Sachrat Dakti. He's an American-trained biologist. He says that vaccines will decimate the population of the world. The New American.com, uh, April 22nd, has the article in detail. He says that the vaccines will decimate the world. So, Dr. Bradley, on one hand, you got Cliff Kincaid saying we've got to have the vaccines, and if we don't take them, the world's going to die. And this other biologist is saying, well, if we take the vaccines, <laughs> we're all going to die. And the problem is we have become so polarized. Masks being the quintessential starting point. Hey, if you don't wear a mask, you're evil. You're going to kill everybody. Get out of here. If you wear a mask, hey, you know what? It's a forced plan. I don't want to wear a mask. I don't. And so agency at the core, starting with masks, now vaccines. Where are we going to go next with this divide? Are we really going to have a vaccine passport? Are we really going to lock everybody down? What's going to happen to people who won't take the vaccine? Are they going to hold everybody down literally? Or are they just going to use, quote, businesses and say government's not mandating it, but big business will? Small businesses die on the vine? You can do this, but you can't do that to the point where you can't survive without the vaccine, but nobody forced you? Where are we going with this, and, and, and what's the end game? Uh, Dr. Bradley, what do you think of this? I, mean, it, I don't know that we've had a divide this uh, separational ever before. Do you? Well, sure. I mean, the communists play this angle. I mean, read the Communist Manifesto. It's all conflict management. That's what they do. They create turmoil, and then out of that turmoil, they bring their system into into play. And, and this is where we're going with this. I mean, you talk about the uh, race divide, the religion divide, the gender divide, the, I mean, the economic divide. I mean, you, everything is pitting one class against another or one group against another and this one's this is one that is absolutely there's no question it's a big issue i i i think that it is part of the turmoil that they're attempting to create and we're well on our way down the uh, the socialist communistic path just as uh, you talk about how widespread this is i i just heard last night about something that happened a couple two or three weeks ago not in our state but uh, there was another state the most senior leadership in a geographic area for a church came into a church and, and the, the the most senior leadership played tag team, chastening the people and saying, you get your masks on. This is the way it is. You you attend with max, masks on. I mean, it's a compliance thing. It's a it's a modern burqa or a hijab, uh, you know, to show your religiosity, to show your faith base, to show you're the best Christian, whatever. It, it's it's kind of a, a virtue signaling kind of thing, my opinion, because they're absolutely, totally worthless. We could talk about that at length. But at any rate, the most senior leadership came in and gave them hell, so to speak, in a religious way, of course. And the next week, nobody came to church. And and it, that's what's happening. The The people are saying, you know what? We're, we're done. We're done with this. This makes no sense. There's no science behind it. There's no logic, reason, intelligence. We are ton, we're done virtue signaling. We are done being judged by a face diaper 
we are, and, and you know, the face diaper really is just a stepping stone to the jab. I mean, there are people that will not let you play in, in a church basketball game unless you've got the jab. This is how big the divide is becoming, and the people are saying, there's, there's some people, obviously there's the Cliff Kincaid guy that's saying, we've got to do this or all we're going to die. The others of us are saying, we don't know what the long-term outcome of this is going to be. We don't know if we want to have uh, sterile children that can no longer have children. We don't know if that's the case. It's kind of like the, the case I make against the Constitution Convention. People say, oh, we can do this, it'll all be safe, we'll write a new one, it'll be great, it'll be better than our existing. No, you can't guarantee that. You cannot say, oh, we know this, because you don't. And people that say that this jab, unproven emergency use authorization that has not been through testing, that does no long-term efficacy or safety effects, no double-blind you know, placebo studies, and the, and the track record... I mean, they've been trying for decades to build a COVID family kind of uh, 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 vaccine, and they've been unsuccessful. They've spent billions of dollars trying to build a vaccine against HIV. The, I mean, the, they have not succeeded. And so in a, a nanosecond, warp speed, I guess we could say, they did it this year, and everybody is lining up to get the jab, and you say, you don't know. And yet we're being told you got to do it. It really is I'm a Marxist the, approach. I'm on the CDC's website right now. You ready? And it says okay. vaccine effectiveness. Now, listen very carefully to the wording here. It's very fascinating. Vaccine effectiveness. What I typed in was proof vaccines are effective. And I get this web page from the CDC. Here's what it says. All COVID-19 vaccines currently available in the United States are effective at preventing COVID-19. Listen. As seen in clinical trial settings. Then they say, research provides growing evidence that mRNA COVID-19 vaccines offer similar protection in real-world conditions. Okay, now wait, wait, wait. So they're not even now telling you, you they've tested like these. That? They're not no, telling they're not. you they've tested it. They've, they're saying they've got other vaccines that they think they've got a track record with, and they're going to project that into something that was invented in a nano, well, a warp speed, okay, that they haven't tested, and they're saying they're projecting that success on it. You know, Sam, I mean, come on. Uh, we're, we're idiots. We're imbeciles, and we are buying this. Think we're about, drinking. Think about that, and then they, they have the audacity in other articles to say the science is clear. What? Well, the science is clear to me that they haven't tested it. There has not been a scientific approach to this. Replicable, scientific. You don't even know the processes that they went through. You don't even know the full ingredients. And, and they used, by the way, another nail in their coffin, in my opinion, they used um, fetal uh, cell tissue in the development of or the actual formulation of this. Okay, so what we're doing is we're cannibalizing our own children they say, oh, it happened a lot of years ago. Are we sure? I mean, here's the deal. They say, yeah, we, we cannibalized these children years ago, and we've continued to use these, these fetal cell tissues in our research and maybe even in our formulation because they won't tell us the complete formulation of this. And, and so here's these, these infants that have been sacrificed on the altar of this, 
But then we hear this stuff about how the government itself has been buying, buying fetal tissue of just aborted children, some of them who were probably still alive while they harvested their organs under no anesthesia. This is barbaric. This is brutal. This is diabolical what's happening. And you expect us to believe. Now, wait, wait, wait. Let's just back up a little bit. You expect us to believe that two airplanes crashed into two buildings in New York on 9-11-2001 and three buildings fell down asymmet I mean, symmetrically into their footprint with at the speed of gravity and the the third one that came down nobody knows about it was a 47 story building that had a few little office fires in it that could have been put out with a fire extinguisher no at no point has any of these uh, skyscrapers that were designed to take the impact of an aircraft and by the way one did the empire state building did right after world war ii i think it was a b-26 that ran into it damaged three floors that was an old building these were modern buildings and you're telling me you believe three buildings fell down because two of them got crashed into by an airplane and the kerosene on there melted their girders clear to the ground and they fell symmetrically into their footprint you believe stuff like that and you will believe anything and that's where we are with this COVID thing. We are believing anything. And I'm absolutely ashamed of the reading comprehension capability of Americans. Hey, they're safe and effective in our trial conditions, whatever that means. And then, hey, we think that it's likely, I mean, research, there's growing evidence that they might be in the real world, too. What? And they're literally running around saying it's safe and effective. And if I reject that, quote, so-called pseudoscience, then they say that I'm crazy. Liberty Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm, available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. 
at 205-672-2000. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, back with you live. Dr. Scott Bradley's with me. We all know this is diabolical. We also know that they have an agenda to push, which is control of the population. Uh, they want to literally reduce the population. Uh, they want to control the population. They want to, I mean, the proof is that all these governors shut things down, and now we're starting to see evidence that the governors, like the governor of California, thought the people would riot, so he literally had the National Guard ready to go um, to try to lock down the people if they decided not to go along with his agenda. You know, agenda. We see from Ammon Bundy and others in Idaho where they're getting literally billions of dollars because they declared a, quote, extreme national emergency, even though it was not warranted in the state of Idaho. We go on and on and on with this. But there's an end game. What do you think the end game really is here? And what do you think the next steps towards that end game will be? They first said, hey, you know what? Once you get vaccinated, we'll be all cool and be able to open up society. Now they're like, no, I don't think so. You're going to be vaccinated. Plus, wear two masks. Plus, it's still not safe for you to eat and drink in the presence of others. Okay, this is Fauci. And then Rand Paul's like, hey, this is political theater. And then Fauci's like, no, it's not. And, and, okay, and you go on and on and on about this. But at the end of the day, what are the next steps? What are they going to do next, doctor, if the people don't support their, quote, passport, vaccine passport? If we reject that, what will they do next? Will they take off the gloves? Well, I, I really kind of would, I, I hate to say this, but it, probably really will drift that way. Uh, the, the most innocuous thing that could happen is that this is there as the unending money train for the for the pharma companies. And and they they continue to make billions every year off of this. Not just the vaccine itself, which they'll do obviously they're going to do booster shots and everybody and their dog has been if you've been paying attention at all understands that that's where they're going with this because of the new variant that's going to be out there. So at the very least, it's going to be a money train for the pharma companies. But, but I really do believe that uh, the the depth and breadth of what we've done to this point, with the complicit efforts of big business and churches and and uh, people that uh, that well, the media, the entertainment, the you know all of the celebrities. I mean, uh, holy cow, everything has brought us to the point that there's a full press. They say, wait, 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 I didn't. I'm going to use another analogy. I, you know, I look at history a lot and everything. But but back when Henry Kissinger inked the, the treaty with with the Vietnamese uh, in Paris to end the, the Vietnamese war, there was a an agreement that they would have a decent interval between the signing of the treaty, the withdrawal of the United States, and before, before South Vietnam fell. So there wouldn't appear that South Vietnam had been abandoned by its ally and therefore consequently, you know, they just, the communists rolled in and took over within a nanosecond or a warp speed, whatever. But but what happened was there was an interval between and the North Vietnamese, after they'd waited a while, they they launched a, uh, an, a kind of an invasion, if you will, or initiative going south. What they found was everything collapsed so fast I mean, you couldn't put put it in reverse fast enough as South Vietnamese. Everything collapsed. The whole nation imploded within days. 
Now, I think that's they, everybody was shocked. The North Vietnamese absolutely had not thought that their invasion would go that flawlessly, that it would just result in a complete collapse of the paper tiger. Well, that's kind of, I think, what happened on this thing. I think that they thought that they would start this program, and it, right from the very beginning, the, the media was on board. They had a script. Churches were on board. They had a script. The big business was on a board. They had script. There were people at the table, I believe, clear back when this was being planned, and this rolled out, and it was kind of thinking, well, be a decent interval between when we start this and when the full uh, initiative is, is brought to, together. But, but the American public have collapsed, just like the South Vietnamese Army did when the North started invading. I think they're absolutely shocked at how effective their program has been as of creating panic and fear and doubt. And and honestly, I don't think they're going to let up. Just like the, the North Vietnamese, I mean, they came into Saigon, became Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, suddenly, it's like, woo-woo, we're in charge. And I, I think that's where they're going with this. And, and uh, I do not believe that there's going to be a let up. I don't think you're going to get, you know, there may be little times when you say, oh, they're de they've delayed this point here. Oh, you can take your masks off for 10 minutes before, oh, oh, my goodness, there's another mutant out there. You better put them back on again. I don't think you're going to see uh, this this thing let up on us. I, I'm sorry to say, and I think what happens is Americans need to say, no, we've had enough. Now, let me just speak for just a second about what the American founding fathers did. The American founding fathers used to be tea drinkers. They were Brits to the core, free men under England. They, they were loyal uh, to the king of England and parliament and all that kind of stuff. But when they started putting these onerous burdens on them, which were just infinitely smaller than the burdens that were getting placed on us now, when they started getting these onerous burdens put on them, they say, no, we ain't going to buy that tea no more. And so, I mean, ultimately and finally, and it's a, kind of a longer story than we got time to tell, they were worried that, that the tea tax was going to be um, was going to be implemented if they could just land that tea on American soil. So they went out and they dumped it in in the harbor. Okay, the Americans said we're not going to drink that tea, and so they went to coffee. Okay, and so coffee became kind of an American drink instead of the tea. We we went away from the tea. I think Americans have got to vote. They've got to vote with what they support. I personally believe that if the big box stores, if the big airlines, if the big, um, oh, I don't know, entertainment arenas and sports arenas and everything were empty because the people said, no, we're not going to comply with this modern burqa that you're forcing us to wear to cover our faces, which if you know the history of masks, you know not only do they hide identities, they take identities. Slaves and even women in some countries in the world have, have kind of been marginalized by the fact that their faces are not visible. You, your communication, everything, you know, it's, it's one of those things where masks have been used through the centuries to control contrived solutions. And I think that's where we are right now, that the mask is a, is a virtue signaling uh, compliance signaling device that ultimately will will grow and progress. But I think if Americans started voting, I mean, there's there's establishments that I've dealt with for 60 years, literally. That uh, I mean, I loved shopping there because they had products I liked. I will never, never, never do business with them again at all, ever. So that's where I am.
I don't know where we go with this thing, ladies and gentlemen, because what I'm telling you is we are going to create a whole group of people that have become an underclass of society. Meaning that we'll only be able to shop at certain places. We'll only be able to go to certain places and do certain things. And we won't be able to travel. You know, I don't know where this goes, ladies and gentlemen. And you would say, well, Sam, we probably won't, you know, end up that crazy over this. No, but what happens until the next virus comes out? You know, we wait a few years, then another virus comes out. SARS-3, by golly. V3 of the SARS there. When will this? They're not going to give up is the point. Ladies and gentlemen, COVID-19 versus SARS, how do they differ? Right? I mean, you got a lot of people think they're the same thing, right? People don't understand they're different, right? You can't develop, they haven't been able to, let's put it that way, other variants of other viruses, whether it's, like I said earlier, the HIV AIDS thing, or it's been a common cold virus. They have not been able to develop a safe and effective vaccine for this. And we're to believe that three skyscrapers fell to the ground because in a few days they came up with a vaccine. It's, it's a, I, I can't believe we're that incredibly stupid. And, and they've been spending billions of dollars over decades, and they can't do it. So why all of a sudden did the formula come out? Oh, by the way, the mRNA stuff, they've never had a successful mRNA-type vaccine that they brought out for anything. And when they've done animal testing on those things, they've found that they had horrifically bad results in that when the, the animals that received it, and it looked like, wow, they created, oh, they got some great antibodies now, and now, oh, man, this is going to be so successful. When those animals got exposed to the the uh, a similar virus in the wild, they died by droves. In some instances, in some tests, it was 100% death. Others of them, they just had a high rate of death. I mean, they're across the board, but they've never had a an mRNA vaccine that has been successful and brought to mammals. And I think last time I checked, they still consider humans to be mammals. And now they're telling us it is the cat's meow and it's the only way to go. I, we don't know. It's like a constitution convention. We don't know what's going to come out of that. And people are saying, let's roll the dice. Let's do this. But they've got people so scared. We have daily Owen and Awful reports on our local radio station a couple of times a day. I don't, I don't usually listen to it, but that usually there's one in the morning and there's one in the evening, I understand. But they t- they got to tell you, oh, we had more deaths. They're scooping them up with front-end loaders and putting them in back of dump trucks. I mean, they really don't say that. But that's what it sounds like. You listen in church. We're worshiping at the COVID altar. And, and it's like, no, no, no. Christ is to be the central theme of our church. We are to consider and adore his magnificence in every single way. And, and we have muzzled ourselves and hunkered down and bunkered up in such fear that it's the central theme of church services in so many instances. It makes me sad. But you know what people are? Some people are starting to vote. Like that example I gave a little while ago about uh, a whole congregation that everybody just said, no, we're not going to be at church next Sunday. If that's the way you feel about it, okay, okay, we get the message. You don't want to drive people away from Christ because you're so fearful. The scriptures, hundreds of times in the scriptures, we're told not to fear. I mean, it's a commandment. 
It's like, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill. It's a commandment. Don't fear. But we have adopted a fear-mongering mentality this year, well, in the last 14 months or whatever it's been. And, and I'm absolutely shocked at how fast our collapse has been. But I do believe they've been preparing it for many decades with this humanist religion that we teach our kids age 1 through 12, and then we send them on to the temple of the humanist religion at the universities. So we're well prepared. We've been indoctrinated. The wisdom of man, the understanding of the prudent that shall fall, as we know scripturally, is in effect. I Ladies think we need God's help. We need God's help. It's we time are, to turn to God Almighty. It's time to turn to all to God Almighty in supplication, humility, repentance, and prayer. And ladies and gentlemen, this has become so evil, so diabolical, so in-your-face, so divisive that I don't see any other way to bring us back from the brink except for us all to get on our knees and pray to God for that we can repent, that he'll heal us, protect our land, and that he will find a way out of this. Because humanly, I don't see how we're going to get out of this agenda they've got a rolling. But I do trust my God. And I bear witness that he can save us. The only question left is, doctor, 20 seconds, will we as a people let him? Well, I intend to, and I pray that there will be others. And, and we need to talk later about more fasting on prayer and prayer as we approach God on bended knee, because that's how the American founding fathers did it. We need to go back to their way. We shall do so, my brother. Thank you so much. Dr. Scott Bradley with us. To preserve the nation is lifelong goal. I'm all about it with him. We're doing our very best to tell the tale of liberty and solutions via our God and repentance. Freedomsrisingsun.com is website. Lovingliberty.net for me. God save the Republic of the United States. <laughs>